This week's podcast brought to you by Overlooked Sauces. I did go to the father-daughter dance, the middle school father-daughter dance uh, recently, and uh, when they would play a Macarena or some other uh, crowd-pleasing dance hit, and uh, people went out on the dance floor to uh, to dance. I did feel obliged to ask our seventh grader if she wanted to dance, and she said to me, and I felt like I was back in middle school asking her this. She said to me, "No, but I'll stand next to you on the dance floor." <laughs> Has no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hello. It's been a while. We're sort of back on our regular day, but not completely. I think our last podcast we recorded on a Friday, right? I thought you were going to go with, hello, is it me you're looking for? (laughs) Exactly. But we're back to a midweek, midweek podcast. I fly out a little later today to go to uh, Arizona for a big women's basketball game tomorrow. Do you remember this clay sculpture of Lionel Richie's head in the hello video? That's right. Was that from that video? Yeah. You think that still exists somewhere? I mean, it should be in the Smithsonian it or the Louvre. In, it, it certainly should be in um, Madame Tussauds yeah. Wax Museum Absolutely. somewhere. There's one in L.A. or whatever. Anyway, I'm sorry. I rudely uh, digressed. No, no, I like the digression. Um, anyway, we it's been, what, like a week and a half since we've done a podcast. So I was scrambling. I'm looking in my notes folder on my phone to see if I... Because when random things happen, sometimes that I find odd or interesting, I'll make a little note. And um, I'd totally forgotten about this. I don't know that it's odd or interesting, but people who shop might be able to relate. Um, I was at. Are there people who don't shop? Well, like this kind of shopping. So I was. I, at, su- I suppose me for the first ten years of our marriage. But go ahead. Yes, I was at a department store, um, actually picking up a dress for our seventh grader. She was with me for the for the daddy daughter dance. Um, and inside the department store, there's a Sephora, which is a makeup store. And um, got our daughter a dress. It was on sale. Not you know this not very inexpensive, which is relevant sort of to the story. And then got a few items of makeup. And makeup is not inexpensive. Makeup is expensive, but I need to wear it when I work and whatever. You don't, but you do. But I do, and I do. And so. I'm going to check out, and at this point, like, she's tried on dresses, I have our older daughter there too, it was, it, I had reached my limit, it's time, we need to leave, I just want to, here's my money, you give me my product. So the very, the woman was very nice, and she said, uh, are you a Sephora insider? And I said, I don't, I don't think so, uh, my my oldest daughter might be, but I'm not. Would you like to become a Sephora insider? No, I have no interest in filling out this paperwork to become a Sephora insider. I just want to buy these few items of makeup. And then, uh, do you have our store credit card? And I actually do have a credit card from that store. It's one of the few I have. I said, yes, but it's in the car with, uh, with my wallet. Um, cause I just had a different credit card to pay with it. She said, well, if, if you go, She's like, what about your license? Do you have your license? I said, no, that's in with my store credit card. This sounds like your visit to the DMV. Yes, exactly. And she said, because if you have your license, I can at least look you up. And then there's a good coupon. It's 15% off. Why don't you just give me the 15% off? I'm here buying your stuff. How much more inside can I possibly get? But even better, she said, um, but the 15% off doesn't count towards the Sephora. Did did you say I have a giant postcard that gives me 20% off of Bed Bath & Beyond? But I was like, okay, so it doesn't give me 15% off the Sephora makeup, which is expensive, but it gives me 15% off this dress I just got on clearance that costs nothing. So I didn't say any of that. I said, um, I'm fine. I will just pay full price um, with my credit card. And then uh, as I'm doing that, she adds one layer, says, do you have our rewards card? Because which I guess is separate from their credit card. I said, no. 
and I don't want any rewards and I don't want a discount and I don't want to go to my car and get my license and I don't want anything other than for this transaction to end. She was very friendly. She was just doing her job. Um, Would you like your receipt electronic or uh, (laughs) printed or or both? both? And then if you want it, uh, electronic. You also have to input your email and all of that. Anyway, I just I was I was at my shopping limit. I've I've I'm not somebody who can shop for a long time. I've been that way since I was a kid. Like I'll be with the kids. You know, this we had to do. She needed a dress for the daddy daughter dance. But once the ta- the task is accomplished, I have no interest in browsing or looking or any of that stuff. I only have an interest in leaving. You can't shop till you drop. You you shop till you stop. <laughs> and and because sometimes it feels like you might drop. Like all of a sudden, you know, you've walked in. It's a cold day. You're wearing your winter coat. All of a sudden, after you like to me, my whole body has a response. If I just got really hot, I just got hungry. I just need to get the heck out of here. So I'm gonna go and hopefully have a simple transaction, pay for my goods and my wares, <laughs> and get the heck out of there. And I couldn't. Uh, eventually did, and our daughter looked lovely. You guys had a nice time at the daddy-daughter dance. I've used my makeup that I purchased. But holy cow, I, 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 need, I need that department store to have a self-checkout, I guess, and then I can ignore all those prompts on the screen. Credit card, coupon, insider. No, 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 no. It's like buying Just gas pay. at Pride. Uh, do you have a Pride Rewards card? No. Are you using Pride dollars? No. Uh, would you like to? No. Um, uh, you know, input. Are you paying at the pump? Are you paying inside? I'm paying uh, at the pump. Who's your favorite beetle? You know, what's your favorite color? What's your sign? And and I think we've talked about this before as well so um you know we mentioned how our oldest who's now 18 when we went to the doctor she had her physical like you know they want to have all the interactions with her now because she's a legal adult um but i laugh because i put i still put my email in um you know for her because she didn't want to be dealing with this nonsense and like a couple days after her physical you know get get the email um addressed to her you know, uh, can you fill out this form? How was your visit? How was this, that, and the other thing? It's just like... Rate us. Rate us. Anything yeah. less than five stars for your physician will be considered a failure. So please give us five yeah. stars. So, I mean, they should take every non-reply as a five star because, of course, people only reply to that stuff when they have a grievance or when they're they're upset about something. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, ratings for restaurants and things. Yeah. Who goes on and said, I had a wonderful veal at... <laughs> Right. Right. You know who goes on is the owner of the restaurant. Well, sure. Of course. But uh, although I, 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 I haven't read the Amazon book reviews for my books, but um, people do give generous reviews and, and lots of them. So, well, I mean, the nice. reason I don't. But I would do that for a book, I think, if there was a book I really liked. Yeah. Certainly. Cause but the, only, the, the, the one negative review would be the only one that I would remember of and course it would, it so would, it's not yeah it's but. not worth it um speaking of restaurants <laughs> this just tickled me the other day um i was driving our, our youngest home uh after a basketball game with one of our teammates so two seventh grade girls and our uh, our high school junior was also with us and um asked them on the way home because the, the the game was like an hour away and at that age uh, you probably remember the car ride with your friend as much as you remember the game. Um, but we sa- I said, you guys want to stop at Chick-fil-A on the way home? And they both did. They were excited about it. It's a big deal to go to Chick-fil-A for these guys. Because what's the closest Chick-fil-A to us? Like 40 minutes maybe? No, 35? And, and 25 minutes probably. Okay. But, but not not in an area where, we're, where we are a lot. So mm-hmm. like... It was it was a treat for them to go to Chick-fil-A. So there were two things that came of it that just made me laugh. Number one, our daughter's friend had never tried Chick-fil-A sauce. She eaten at Chick-fil-A before but didn't has never tried Chick-fil-A sauce because, as she said, I don't like sauces. So we were encouraging her to at least, like, you know, try it. You know, just give it a little tiny taste and then, you know. So anyway, she tasted it, did not like it. 
she doesn't like sauce. I imagine it's the texture of sauce generally that I, she doesn't like. I asked like. her that. I said, is it like the idea of sauce? Is it the flavor of sauce? Is it the texture? She said it's the kind of the idea of it and the texture. Does she eat chicken nuggets? She does. Yeah. She, that's what she got. She got chicken oh, nuggets, but okay. just didn't put use any sauce, ketchup, anything. And um, and I was just, uh, and our daughter could not believe that someone would not like Chick-fil-A sauce. Maybe some other sauces, but not Chick-fil-A sauce. And uh, I said, well, that's what kind of makes life great. Like some people like certain stuff, other people don't. But the part that made me laugh, <laughs> as we get off the highway to go to the Chick-fil-A and it's like straight in front of us in a, in a shopping plaza. And then to our immediate left as we're waiting at this light is a Hooters didn't even really know that Hooters still existed. So as we're getting the, coming off, I said, you guys. Um, How does it? I have no idea. Um, I've never, I've actually never been to a Hooters. Um, but as we're coming down, I said, you guys excited for Chick-fil-A? And our 12-year-old just said, um, I want to go to Hooters. And she wasn't making a joke. She wasn't making anything. I said, I said, do you know what Hooters is? She's like, no. And so I kind of described to her how the word can be used and I'd explain to her what the the servers wear and after so you I, said you said do you know what Hooters is <laughs> right right and as like as we start to drive all she said was after I'd like told her all this stuff and she and she and her friend were kind of giggling as I'm explaining and then as we like the light turns green and we start to drive she just said I thought it was like an IHOP <laughs> And I was like, that's so great, because why wouldn't you? It looks like it's some breakfast place, and like the owl's eyes are like two pats of butter on a pancake or something. <laughs> anyway, I, I found that delightful. And our uh, our older daughter, who heard it too, sitting well, in the front seat, just kind of laughed. It really is just a place that serves wings and... Yes, yes. I mean, but I also explained the underlying layer of information that I thought she needed to know. You explained the underlying layer of information? <laughs> yes, I did. Well, that uh, makes me think. Is that your stomach? That's my stomach. I'm Holy sorry. Cow. I know. Um, let's, let's if, if you'll indulge me, let's, let's rank sauces. <laughs> okay. I mean, you go to, you go to, you go to McDonald's and you get chicken nuggets. What, what is your go-to sauce. There's only really one acceptable answer, but it's that barbecue, of course. Although honey mustard is honey sort of underrated. Close. Yeah, I mean, I never get honey mustard, but uh, um, but the the in what what I don't know what distinguishes a sauce from a is a gravy sauce is is um, is salad dressing sauce, ranch dressing, and I think I don't know. I think dressing is different than sauce, which is different from syrup. Just because they have a similar texture doesn't mean, although like a, you can get a I mean, ranch it, dip um, for like a chicken nuggets or something. It's very similar to ranch dressing. I guess the texture is different. The flavors. But the a dip same. is a dip a sauce. Well, Chick Fil A. If it, it, yeah, because well, I don't know. I mean, you you think of things that have sauce appended to them: barbecue sauce, honey mustard sauce, hollandaise sauce. Chick-fil-A sauce, special sauce, two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, of onions on a sesame seed bun. Dressing, yeah. Um au jus, is that sauce? I don't know. And what's the stuff they have in Canada with their fries, or is that gravy? What's it's gravy. That? But but in, in every mafia movie they call uh, uh, pasta sauce gravy. So I don't know. They do? Yeah, a lot of like sopranos like like uh, spaghetti just, sauce they yeah. call gravy. Yeah. Huh. So I don't know. I do know that Chick-fil-A sauce is my favorite sauce to dip French fries in. Like usually like you eat fries with ketchup or whatever, especially their specific French fries, dipping them in Chick-fil-A sauce is, is a yummy addition. And I'm certain really, really good for my heart and I guess uh, the, the, the <laughs> health. The top sauce would be chocolate sauce, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, that's although, not a sauce. That's syrup, chocolate syrup. Caramel sauces, caramel sauces, yeah. kind of an underrated sauce. Well, the, the 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 best ice cream topping, and this is this is a whole other series of podcasts, is uh, what the kids call make sheller, the stuff that makes oh, a shell yeah. on top of the ice cream. Yeah, and then it hardens. Yeah, but if you leave that too long in the bottle and don't shake it up, it comes out as some uh, gelatinous. 
goo. The Summer House in Southwick, which is a great ice cream place that's been around since I was a kid. Your it's hometown of Southwick, my, Massachusetts. My hometown, sorry, of Southwick, Massachusetts. Um, you've got the Summer House, great ice cream, just down the street from Mrs. Murphy's Donuts, perhaps the best donuts in all of the land. And, uh, and the Summer House... Like you used to, when we were kids, like you could get hard cone, but soft serve was the big thing. And you could get it in that make sheller. And then the problem is in the summertime, like the make sheller would keep the cone intact until you bit through it. And then all of a sudden, like a big chunk of the, the, the shell would break apart like the continents back in the days <laughs> of one continent. And then and all the ice cream then starts melting onto your hand. That's what I think of. When I, when I have the make sheller. Can I can I um, uh, get get just your one sentence reaction to overlooked sauces, <laughs> that, that sauces that we've overlooked here? Okay, you you have some. I do have some. All right, let's hear them. The, the 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 biggest one overlooked, also receiving votes, would be tartar sauce. Ah, Are you, you know we don't eat a lot of like fish sticks and stuff no. where we would use tartar sauce. But, we, but we, when we do have fish sticks, we put ketchup on them. Yeah, but tartar sauce, like, that's what they put on fish sandwiches and stuff at fast food places. But, but does it turn your stomach? Does it... Uh... it I, I like the way tartar sauce tastes. The way it looks and the texture is kind of gross. Worcestershire sauce? And I'm mispronouncing that badly. Yeah. That, you use that more, like as part of recipes really than you do as a like a solo sauce it's not really a solo sauce and of course the uh the entire category of hot sauce you're not a big hot sauce person i don't like hot spicy that kind of food at all you know it's an overlooked sauce what's an overlooked sauce don't they say like if somebody has a like a really nice pass in basketball do, do they say that it had a little sauce on it or am i crazy uh, it's possible that both things are true. Yeah, that's that is true. I was thinking that that's a good sauce when you make a good post entry pass that has just a little spin on it because you have to get it on the correct side or, of the defender. That's a good sauce. Or if you're a gum chewing uh, gal in a 1940s movie, a saucy. <laughs> right, you can still be saucy, saucy, spicy. You don't have to be a gum-chewing gal. Why is she gum-chewing, by the way, in your description? Well, I mean, I watch too much Turner classic movies. But what, what, uh, I mean, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, we'll see if producer Denny Gallagher can uh, create a, a subsidiary podcast, our first ball and chain spinoff uh, that's devoted exclusively to sauces. Why don't we have a product in the grocery store, the ball B and C sauce? What would it be? What would be it, a little bit spicy and what a little would it bit compliment? sweet. I'm the sweet, you're the spicy, right? Uh, I, <laughs> it would, it would. Maybe we can get it into Hooters and uh, our, our ball and chain sauce. Ball and chain up. sauce. Ball Exclus and chain exclusively. Sauce. exclusively. Exclusively at Hooters. At Hooters. <laughs> A pop quiz here in the middle of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Where have you been lately? <laughs> I don't know. My brain is in total mush mode. February is where, my, where, when where, my brain goes into mush mode. Where are you going in a few hours? In a few hours, I'm going to Phoenix and then driving to Tucson, which is more complicated than it sounds. It's a two-hour drive, but by the way, the Super Bowl is in Phoenix this weekend, so everything is a bigger challenge than it should be. So, so you're going, you were booking hotels, flights, and, and rental cars or whatever your, your ground transportation is um, long after the rest of the world had made their Super yes. Bowl reservations. Yes. How's that going? Yeah, that, that was going extraordinarily well. And uh, and that's what I spent yesterday, a couple hours, just booking my travel for the rest of the month. Um, because unlike WNBA season, where I'm flying to cities and then Ubering to my hotel because they're cities and they're easy to get to and the hotel's in the city, these college towns, man. It's flying somewhere and then driving for a couple hours. Last week I was in Iowa. My first time calling an Iowa game um, the, with Caitlin Clark in her uh, home arena, which was which was pretty awesome. That was really fun. Um, but it was a challenge. We had the free agency special last week. WNBA free agency was February 1st, so we had a big special on ESPN. So normally I would go to a game the night before, but we couldn't travel till the next day. So flew to Chicago and then Chicago to Iowa City is a three-hour drive and um, all flat 
all farmland. It was a beautiful sunny day, very cold. It was below zero, but um, but beautiful flat farmland on a beautiful day. And, and um, on the broadcast, uh, there was a gentleman holding a sign that said, um, "All I want, my Valentine. All I want. For, yeah. What did it say? I think it was. I'm sorry. I think it was something like, "All I want for Valentine's Day is a picture with a selfie with Rebecca Lobo.' Yes. So, of course, th- this this though, this is what. I forgot about this. I should have mentioned this to you before. So this guy comes down with that piece of cardboard. All I want for the Valentine's sign, yeah. Day, a sign that he's put on cardboard. All I want for Valentine's Day is a picture with Rebecca Lobo. So I take a picture with him. And then two minutes later, his buddy comes down holding the same sign <laughs> <laughs> and to get a picture it, with the sign yeah. and me. I was like, well... <laughs> That's a little Which, bit less of yeah, an effect right, yeah. the second time around, but uh, but I thought that was kind of hilarious. I, I, uh, I also, oh, there was a B and C listener, by the way, who that? came down and, and, and talked to me oh, nice. uh, before the game out there. So um, that was pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, uh, and then this week, because I got to look at your itinerary, um, Super Bowl week complicating everything. You're you're actually flying to Phoenix, Arizona, by way of Tacoma. Philadelphia, Atlanta, L.A. Your right. travel agent is Steve Miller. Right. I understand. Right, exactly. No, I got the reference, oh, actually. I'm, no, I'm not sure that all of our listeners did, so yeah. I wanted to hammer it home. So I'm going to Phoenix via Minneapolis, actually, okay. and driving. And then after the game, racing, not racing, driving two hours back to the airport in hopes of getting a 1 a.m. local uh, Pacific time or no, I guess they're mountain time this time of year, 1 a.m. flight back uh, back home. So it's just that, it's that time of year. By the way, can I just add uh, regarding your trip that um, many of our viewers, I'm sure, have seen the Beatles documentary, Get the Get Back documentary uh, that was on Disney Plus last fall. It's on Disney Plus now, I assume, but... Uh, but the, the, the most incredible scene in it is where you see uh, Paul McCartney kind of creating the song Get Back from from absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. He's just kind of getting in his head and humming something and then strumming his guitar. And then and then that song emerges almost almost intact from, you know, what we know it to sound like. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's a there's a bit where where. You know, uh, JoJo left his home in Tucson, Arizona, and and John Lennon is like, is is Tucson even in Arizona? You know, or are these just kind of nonsense lyrics? And I mean, it's just a wonderful, incredible scene, but also just because of its its rhyming possibilities and its you know what it evokes, Arizona is in so many song lyrics and just popping into my head and uh, standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, such a fine sight to see. There is now a statue of that in, in, of Glen Fry in, in Winslow, Arizona. But, um, but anyway, I digress. That's enough. Carry on. Oh, no, I was just going to add, you know, the craziness of this month. Earlier in the podcast, we had to pause because I was getting a phone call of the repairman for our dryer, which died last week. Yeah. And uh, for a family the size but, but, of ours, but, but may, may I just ask, did it die or was it murdered? I think it, I mean, it was both. But. Yeah, it was after it was after heavy uh, usage. Uh, but I think that I think it needed the, some load management. I think I had done a couple of loads and then followed it by the, drying a uh, the fatal blow was was drying a comforter. Yeah, drying the comforter was probably uh, the, something weighs on your conscience, and every five years uh, you feel the need to wash and dry the giant bedspread, <laughs> knowing that uh, you're spending three nights a week in a hotel where they've where they've they never do they never do. But, they, uh, they they remove the bedspread with salad tongs once every ten years and then replace it. So I we had to reschedule him coming to. It was already what? It's a been week. broken for a week. He was going to be able to come finally, and then we have to needs a new heating element. Yeah. Anyway, 
so we've we still of course have to do laundry like our kids are going to practice every day they've got their uniforms they got everything else and we have a drying rack like one of those old wood drying racks that we use um, in the summertime like to put pool towels on and so now instead of like you take a load of clean clothes out of the washing machine instead of just throwing it in the dryer and turning it on what would you say it takes i'd good 10 to 12 minutes to to like strategically yes. place yes. the wet clothes on the dry rack first of all and an, and another 10 to 12 minutes to dry the clothes completely in our ridiculously dry winter right uh, right winter house but it's number one like dry racks hold a ton of clothes like i was shocked at how that we could put a fit a full load of laundry because we have a pretty big washing machine on a dry rack but now it's like all right uh, we'll do one load a day because we only have one dry rack. We got to hang the stuff up so that it dries, and you, you forget like socks and that sort of thing when they're not dried in the dryer or just stiff and brittle and <laughs> just different. I think we need uh, a ringer, you know, to to get more water out yeah, of. Yeah, let's just go completely old school. Get a washboard. Yeah. I, when That's when I when I called laundry. the repair guy and said and said, um, you know, the dryer had gone kaput and I think we needed a new heating element because I'd done some light Googling and the error code was was what you what it gives for your your heating element is shot. Um, the guy said he could be out in a week and his advice in the meantime was don't hang your clothes outside to dry because it was I think it was minus right. eighteen the next day, the Saturday. Right. By the way, there's a song um, called Arizona Skies by Los Lobos. Oh, that's perfect. That is, and one maybe of I can get that into the telecast. One of our friends, after we were married, started calling us briefly Dos Lobos. Oh, that's right. Shall we get to viewer mail? Yeah, let's get to viewer mail. Big bad hook, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first uh, viewer mail comes from uh, Sean. Hey, Sean, is he an EA or HA? SHA? HAW. SHAW. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hello. In Maryland. And Sean writes Greetings, Stephen Rebecca. Been a bit since I've written, and I'm torn between using Paul McCartney's phrase, Rabbits on the Run, from Band on the Run, or the American Dream, Dusty Roads, describing being busy as spinning my wheels and making some deals. So I'll use both to describe my hiatus. I mean, Band on the Run, one of my all time favorite songs. Yeah. Um, and and my favorite line from that is, all I need is a pint a day. Okay? Yeah. First from the past program, writes Sean with an A-W, Kimberly Williams is not married to Pink Pete Sampras. How, how could I have gotten that wrong? That honor belongs to self-noted buxom actress Bridget Wilson from the film Billy Madison as the love interest and teacher in the film where she sings a song that describes her own figure. And there's a, there's a Wikipedia link. Uh, Kimberly Williams is the spouse of country musician Brad Paisley. Well, I got that one screwed up, apparently. The pronunciation... Happens time to mm-hmm. time. Happens time to time. That I, that I get something wrong? Yeah. It happens more often than Occasionally. not. Occasionally. Uh, so thank you, Sean, for clearing that thank up. Thank you. Uh, the pronunciation of persevere varies via region, but brings to mind former Cleveland Browns head coach Pat Shermer, who would use the same phrase we battled to explain yet another losing performance to his team. Pat Shermer, by the way, another one that's n- not simple to pronounce. Yep. And, and and to prove that, he begins the next sentence by misspelling Shermer's name, S-H-U-M-U-R. Shermer once stumbled over the word in a press conference, and as we watched, someone commented, the man uses we battled in every other response, and now he could say, we'll battle through, and he whiffs it. So thanks for that memory of yet another horrible Browns coaching tenure. Have you ever wondered why the ampersand doesn't always work online? I would wager more than half the time that I would attempt to type Texas A&M, with an ampersand between the A and the M, Autocorrect. Oh, you get that jumbled. Pardon? I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Autocorrect changes it with AMP in its place. Yeah, yeah. Really? That, that happens. I, That's a I haven't real noticed thing. That. Yes. Why? I don't know. I mean, just how, how can we have all of this uh, chat GPT or whatever it is, all this artificial intelligence, and yet autocorrect can't get things correct? I don't know. And finally, tuna fish, which of these items do you use in your home version, which would be sickening and you wouldn't consider trying? And have you seen or eaten an oddball ingredient from tuna prepared by others? Uh, Onion and celery has been mentioned by you. Egg, pickle, green olives, dill or sweet relish, radish, and believe it or not, 
red beets. Ooh, I've had uh, tuna fish, tuna salad from a restaurant, and they had some dill in it. It was actually yummy, but I wouldn't put it in it. Uh, beets? Egg? Radish? Come on. I mean, if you want egg salad, have egg salad. Right. Pickle? You know, if it's if it's a uh, uh, if it's like a. I bet pickles pretty good because you'd put pickles on a a tuna sandwich, maybe like the little you know the sliced thin round ones. Maybe. I'm almost always happy to see like a, a serrated uh, pickle on on a, like a white castle or a. Or yeah. A, I don't mind that. I don't like oh, the like chicken sandwiches. Really like good a on New it. York deli, when you get a sandwich, a big thick sandwich, and wrapped up in the paper is a pickle spear where the juices just sog to your bread. It's no good. Well, uh, Sean has says I have personally seen, tasted, or prepared all of these in tuna at one time or the other. Now I feel like singing the '80s cat food jingle for Fish Ahoy for tuna cod and salmon flavors all in Fish Ahoy, which I believe Steve has referenced in the past. Uh, thank you, Sean. Sean's in Maryland, and um, and he's fact-checking our inane ramblings, and I, we appreciate that. Yes, we do. Our next viewer mail comes from Dave. Dave writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, it's been a while. Glad to be here. I'll try to follow the excellent new bylaws, which seem to encourage but stop short of requiring enumerated lists. Uh, very perceptive. There's, yes. n- never, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no requirement. No. But it's appreciated. It's appreciated. One. This is one of two, by the way. Okay. One. Origin story. I enjoyed Steve's air and space among his many other writings, especially when he wrote about our shared home state of Minnesota. And from the early 1990s, I knew Rebecca as the greatest of the time, if not all time, encapsulated by that undefeated season at UConn. So I jumped on BNC relatively early when referenced in something I read, not sure exactly what. Love these origin stories, Rebecca. Yeah, so do I, very much. Two, on what, to paraphrase, was referred to as the rant to end all of Rebecca's rants in a recent pod. I asked my wife, who takes tickets, how our town of Arcadia, California, handles basketball entry when only the varsity boys charge. I think they come close in that they don't empty the gym, but they do require a stamp on re-entry, meaning those early arrivers who need a restroom are going to pay dearly. (laughs) Think about it. You're going to have to go out, use the restroom, and come back, pay to get back in. That's that's an expensive tinkle. (laughs) Well, an expensive tinkle. Yes. Depends on what they charge. That's an expensive tinkle. <laughs> yes. Dunny, I think that, that, that needs to be clipped and saved for, uh, you know, interstitial bumper going to uh, our non-existent commercials or something like that. But anyway. The, the other day we were going to a JV, a freshman game, actually. We were going to see some of the freshman game before the JV game at an away gym. And I said to you, I said, uh, I'm in a little bit of a mood. If they clear the gym after the JV game today... <laughs> I might, uh, I, I don't know what yeah, I might, because I'm not going to do anything, but right. it might be the straw that breaks me, I think was what I said. Well, Dave has a solution. My solution, writes Dave, is to stamp everyone who goes to the early games because those fans are supporting programs that don't draw as much interest. Amen. The school should encourage it, and it only means more fans for the varsity team. Win-win, keep fighting for change, best Dave. Dave, it's a brilliant solution. Absolutely. And uh, and it doesn't cost any more personnel or anything, all you have to do is stamp all hands. Stamp all hands. Right? Yeah. Ivana Tinkle. That was a, a character. What was that? Young Frankenstein? Or what was <laughs> Ivana Tinkle? Uh, I don't know. Huh? I don't know. Sounds Austin Power-ish. It, it, was it? Oh, I think it might have been, um, uh, oh, I, Google is telling me it was one of Bart Simpson's many prank calls to uh, Moe's Tavern. Okay. Ivana Tinkle. But it does sound like uh, Austin Powers. So you're, you're right. Uh, Mark uh, writes, uh, Dear Rebecca and Steve, writing from a chilly Dallas, it is 30 degrees with freezing rain and they all, they have closed schools for days. Below are a few basketball-related items they have happened recently, enumerated for Steve's reading pleasure and for DGS approval. So the enumeration nation is is ah, uh, following suit. That's our, our new swag, enumeration nation. Enumeration nation. Hashtag enumeration nation. <laughs> hashtag yeah, the enumeration front, the front of the shirt or the swag will be the uh, BNC logo and back back will be hashtag enumeration, enumeration nation. nation. You have to have a very broad back to fit enumeration nation across Just, your back. Do you can make it slower, uh, smaller font. Uh, number one, did you see the Texas versus Oklahoma State women's basketball game where the deli- where the delayed 
where they delayed the game for almost an hour while they went and got back up scoreboard, where they went and got back up scoreboards due to the fact they were having trouble with the shot clocks. No, I didn't see that. Delaying the game for an hour. An hour? Holy cow. Feel bad for the people calling that game trying to catch a flight afterwards our, or their our, dinner reservation. Our, our daughter in high school had a game recently where there was some screw up with the scoreboards. And I think at least um, one of the games, maybe it was the JV game, they had to use the those things where you flip the yeah. flip the little plastic strip. The yeah. One side's green, one side's red. I kind of I like those things. Yeah, me too. They do the job. Two, I thought of you and, and how you used to replace nets at local basketball courts. Not sure you had seen this. Way to replace missing nets, and um, there is a link to the gram. I'm not, uh, and uh, and it's uh, oh, I'm not sure what's going on here. Um, it's a, it's a it's guy a who throws the ball. Up. Yes, yes. Have you seen that? Yeah, that I was have an seen ESPN that. So video. I, it's I don't think it's a permanent fix. I think if you go it's to a temp, court, yeah, you, you bring your own. Yeah, if you go to a court that doesn't have a yeah. net, you put your ball in this thing, you toss it up. It's like a ring that lands on the basketball yeah. ring, and it has a uh, has a net, and then you you you've solved your problem. But you haven't solved the problem for others. You and I are trying to solve the problem globally, yes, versus just yeah. for us. Not just for us, but for, for enumeration all. nation. That's right. That's right. Uh, this is Mark, whose daughter Abby, of course, is. Uh, oh, hey, Mark. Our, our, what, what was she? Was our first something? Our first? Was she our first nil? Uh, Ball and chain. I can't remember. I'm not sure. Some... I just know that we've we've been following Abby for years now. She's so Texas she's bound. In middle school. She's in high school. University of now. Texas yeah. bound. Uh, number three. During one of Abby's recent games, the issue of not having a shot clock in Texas high school basketball came up. Rebecca, another one of your pet peeves. Yeah, we're getting it in Connecticut next year. What? What? Below, you can see why. At the half, the score was 11 to seven, and this was the final score. So below. Well, hang on. So there's, so. Uh, the other team held the ball for nearly the entire last quarter of the game. I know you don't like having a shot clock. Me either. So at half, the score was 11 to 7. Um, I think I'm looking at, at the wrong attachment here. but um, And the final was 31 to 25. Is that what I'm looking at? I wow. don't know. They held the ball the entire fourth quarter. Well, like, what is that? Yeah, my kid signed up to play basketball to go stand. Who's that fun for? Qu- it's fun for nobody. Right. It's fun for nobody. I was at a... a I, I imagine teams don't want to deal with Abby, who's going to be... Uh, uh, she's, what, about 6'8 now, Blocking shots um, so if you in get Division a lead, 1 next year, but... If you get a lead, you just... What, but how is that fun for ball? anybody it's, on It's offense. not fun for yeah. anybody. It's not fun for the players. It's not fun for the people watching. I was at a game Swing recently. the ball around and, 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 and yeah. shoot a baseline three. I don't know. It's awful. I was at a game recently, an away game, and the AD, I know... Um, pretty well and I was talking to him after the game and I, I said something about get shot clocks next year and he's, he said something like uh, it's going to be expensive and I was like I said I'll come and run it for free like are you kidding it's not going to be expensive shot clocks at high school are easy hits the rim you push a button doesn't hit the rim you don't push the button like you'll have plenty of people who are qualified to do it who I'm sure will be happy to do it for free like Enough, enough with the excuses. If next year or whenever states implement it, if you try something, then at the end of the year, say these were our challenges, but I hate people who go right to the problems before they've even tried it. Try it. If there's problems, solve them, but don't make excuses before you've even tried. Sorry, that's my rant for today. Uh, are, are you talking to about, that's my about me today. and a honeydew list or something? No. But- it, no, you've been very good with your honeydew lists. <laughs> number four of four, on the topic of sharing a birthday, my wife had Abby and her twin sister Paige on her birthday, and on her birthday, think about that. You, so you have twins on your own birthday? It's like, well, our son was born on, on my your birthday. birthday, but he was, there was only one of them. Yes. I didn't have multiples on my own birthday. Wow. Wow. And even more rare, they were the first girls on my side of the family in 86 years. Is that possible? Wait a minute. What? On the topic of sharing, they were the first girls on my side of the family in 86 years. I have attached an article about Abby, the future Longhorn from the Dallas Morning News. You might like to read. I will definitely like to read that. Make sure you forward I that will, to me, please. I will. Uh, uh, the, the headline is, Back from Injury, Abby Abby is Helping Flower Mound Reach New Heights. The 6'9 Texas signee will be the tallest player in UT history, according to the Austin American Statesman. And, uh, Ooh, Final Four's in Dallas this year. I wonder if I'll see my friends there. 
And there is a, um, uh, a high school player, Gamely, attempting to box out Abby here at the top of the story. So anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll forward that to you, and I'll, I'll read it as well. Yes, looking forward to an exciting rest of the NCAA season and Final Four here in Dallas. Love the podcast. All the best, Mark, in Dallas. Thank you, Mark. It's good to hear, Phoebe Mark. Absolutely. So um, well, you'll, 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 you'll be easily located at the announce table in in yeah, Dallas, at the right? table or at the studio set. I'll be going set, yes. back and forth between the two. Flag me down. I mean, he's easy to, to see it as is yes. Abby. So if I if I hear and see, I will. Uh, he'll 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 be holding he'll be holding the sign that that says uh, "All I want for Arbor Day is uh, a <laughs> selfie with Rebecca." There you go. So it'll be past Valentine's Day. I don't even know when Arbor Day is. Stephen yeah. Rebecca writes uh, Maureen. Happy girls and women's in sport. Girls and Women in Sports Day, it's February 1st, and my friend Becky and I have been discussing how we have no idea who we are going to see play at the Final Four other than South Carolina. The number of competitive women's teams is unprecedented. It has to warm Rebecca's heart, question mark. It is going to be an exciting 60 days uh, to Dallas. And then there's all the free agent movement in the WNBA. That could be an entire podcast discussion. All in all, it's wonderful to see so many great things happening in women's sports. Cheers. Uh, this is from Mo in uh, in Arizona, in Zona. Uh, so, Rebecca, uh, we've devoted 20 minutes to uh, overlooked sauces. Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, Final Four teams. and, and w- WNBA free agency. After all, um, that's what people came. Some people certainly came here for. All right. Right now on February 8th, these are my thoughts, women's college basketball, the top two teams in the country are South Carolina and UConn. South Carolina plays LSU, who is the only other. Un- South Carolina is undefeated. LSU is undefeated. The two meet in South Carolina Super Bowl Sunday this coming Sunday um, to play. Maybe I will change my opinion about the top two teams in the country after that game. But right now, after seeing how Connecticut played South Carolina in an incredible game last weekend, I think they're the two best teams in the country. I'll see Stanford in person tomorrow, and they are one of the top five teams as well. We were just having this conversation, not on camera, but like while we were watching a game, uh, Andrea Carter and I, uh, last weekend when we were together, like, like who else could make it? And we were talking about a whole bunch of different teams who wouldn't be shocked if Iowa got there, wouldn't be shocked if uh, XYZ teams got there. So it's going to be, it's relatively open and it's going to be exciting. Free agency was huge this year. Vegas Aces, who won the championship a year ago, signed Candace Parker uh, and to their starting lineup that are, that's all returning. And then huge news for the New York Liberty. They signed after already having acquired John Quill Jones at a trade, who was an MVP a couple of years ago for the Connecticut Sun. They signed Brianna Stewart who led the league in scoring last year, who's been a league MVP, who was a two-time finals MVP. They also signed Courtney Vandersloot, who is one of the best point guards in the world, uh, led, led the WNBA in assists for six seasons. Last year, I think she was second or third, uh, but the previous five seasons, she led the league. So, uh, And then today, there was news coming out. Uh, don't know who to attribute it to that um, there's accusations that the Vegas Aces there was some tampering or offering of money like uh, that circumvents the salary cap to some players I don't know what's going on there I need to read more about it but WNBA exciting stuff happening if you want to read more about uh, the Vegas Aces it's a piece I read um, in the nine newsletter by Howard Megdahl um, and you can find and uh, read about it. The headline is, Sources, WNBA is investigating Las Vegas Aces for circumventing the salary cap. So who knows what's going to come out of that, but um, but there you go. Our next viewer mail comes from Kate in Philadelphia. Uh, more uh, hoops talk here, Rebecca. Hi, Stephen Rebecca. It's been a while since my last correspondence as your resident pediatric oncology nurse but I've been following the podcast diligently. I've really been enjoying watching UConn this season and the tenacity with which they play every game despite their many injuries. I've especially loved watching Lou Lopez-Seneschal quietly become one of their stars with Gino expressing how much he likes her professionalism, that she carries herself like an adult and that she stays calm and composed and consistently delivers for the team. Rebecca, you've been uh, similarly impressed, haven't you? Uh, she's a phenomenal player. Can I just, and he, he often refers to her, says she's a pro, she's a pro. 
She's 24 years old. And what's interesting about that, last night I was in the Brooklyn Nets studio, and for the third game in a row, their player, second-year player, not rookie, second-year player, Cam Thomas, has had three uh, games in a row where he's scored 40 or more points. He's 21. So a second-year pro yeah. for the Brooklyn Nets, 21. That's crazy. Lou Lopez-Seneschal, 24. But Lou Lopez-Seneschal instantly comes in and establishes herself as in, in, in at least the uh, top two Lou in UConn. Uh, women's program history, right? I mean, it's pretty incredible that in the last five years that they had two different players who go by Lou. It is. Uh, well, go by Lou because Lou is in their name. Well, Katie Lou, right, but, but she didn't it, go by Katie. But, she right, went by Lou. But it's not, it's not, Lou isn't short for, you know, right. some right. longer surname. Right. Uh, continuing with Kate from Philadelphia, recently at work I took on a new role as, char- as charge nurse, which is a big undertaking as the charge nurse is basically steering the ship for 25 patients and all nursing staff for 12 hours and trying to keep everyone afloat. It does sound like a, a large job. During and, one of, and probably pretty important one if you're a pediatric yes, oncology uh, nurse. That's, that's uh, absolutely. During one of my first shifts doing so, I told myself that I was going to be the Lou Lopez Seneschal of the shift. I think it worked. <laughs> Although I definitely didn't have 26 points by the end of it, and Holly Rowe wasn't asking me if I ever thought I'd have a chance of being drafted. Oh, that's so great. Uh, I, I mean, love maybe we should get Holly in to, uh, to do a, a post shift, end of shift, or at least a halfway through the shift uh, uh, interview. Yeah, and then if. Uh, Sideline report. And maybe we can get, I think she's referring to the UConn uh, Tennessee game. Maybe we can get, um, you know, frustrated Coach Oriama yeah. with something that's right. going on to. Uh, to give a Holly Rowe interview as well. Anyway, writes Kate, I've been noticing that the general aggressiveness across the NCAA seems to have increased as I have seen many instances in the last few months of verbal altercations, technical fouls, retaliating against fouls, ejections, and things generally getting chippy, including many instances of players' emotions getting the better of them. Rebecca, I was wondering if this is a trend you've noticed with this season, or perhaps YouTube has simply learned my viewing history and keeps suggesting clips of technical fouls. In past years, I don't remember as much fighting or verbal verbal altercations in the women's game, which is why I've always enjoyed watching the women over the men. In fact, there have been a couple of uh, sort of physical altercations in the NBA recently, which oh, yeah. uh, kind of died out for a long time, but was routine in the 80s and, and 90s. Um, to answer her question, I have not noticed that this year. I think there might be an algorithm at work here putting those uh, into your feed because especially the really high-level games that we're doing, um, while sometimes based on who they are, they're really physical. Like the UConn-South Carolina game was physical. Tennessee-UConn game was physical. Uh, I have not noticed uh, an obvious change in player behavior this season from previous years. Well, Kate makes an interesting point. I also recently read an article in the New York Times, she says, called The Year the Year We Lost It, about how the general population has become much angrier at baseline. Maybe this behavior is less about the aggressiveness of the game and more about the population's general angry state. Thanks for your thoughts, Kate. Kate, thank you. Um, I have noticed that. <laughs> General, the general population. population is angrier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and surely you have since you, you fly a lot. Yeah. Uh, Rachel in Idaho writes, Good afternoon, Rebecca and Steve. It's been a while since last writing. That seems to be everybody's opener this week. It's been a while since they've written. I mean, people are busy. It's not yeah, just no. it's not just you and me and whoever. Everybody's busy. This how, time how dare you not write on a regular basis right. while while working your pediatric oncology shift? Right. Um, or delivering babies, in Dr. Siegel's case. Uh, it's been a while, but it doesn't mean I've stopped listening. The past two months have flown by with adventures, holidays, and illnesses, a few thoughts and musings as I've listened one. These are enumerated, Rebecca. Great. WNBA free agency. Wow, that's about all I can say. CP3 to Vegas, Stewie to New York, a mass exodus from Chicago. The league will definitely have a different look and feel next season. There's, there's something about these eras where there's it's East Coast an east-west thing too. That's that's nice. I think you know Celtics Lakers being the, the classic example of that. Sure. But even you know uh, Golden State versus whoever comes out of the East, and you know um, it's built into the thing when you break it down by conferences. But Vegas is very clearly geographically in the West, if not on the West Coast, right. and and uh, New York, Rebecca. I'm informing you is is very much on the East Coast. Yeah, I like New that. York. The only original WNBA franchise to not that still exists to not win a championship yet. Two WNBA All Star Game. I'm thinking we need a ball and chain meetup at the All Star Game. We bought tickets for both the skills events and the game in Vegas this July. After the fun my husband and I had when we drove down to Phoenix for Game One of the Finals in 2021, we could not pass up the chance to take our boys to Vegas. Is the All Star Game in Vegas? 
the All-Star Games in Vegas, unless that's a punishment they get for these recent allegations. Maybe uh, they'll remove the All-Star Game. No, they, they would only be punishing themselves. Yeah. As I as I heard, um, uh, uh, oh, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, Chris Farley's, uh, uh, Dana Carvey and David Spade of a podcast uh, and where they talk with former SNL cast members, uh-huh. and uh, they've had a long, I think, two- or three-part podcast devoted to Chris Farley on the 25th anniversary, I think, believe it or not, of his death. Mm-hmm. Chris Farley, my fa- fellow Marquette alumnus, and... Um, wearing your Marquette hat right now. I am. And, and they had, uh, among many guests, they had uh, Mrs. Farley, Chris's mom, on and, and one of his uh, brothers. And she was just uh, delightful. But she's talked about Chris getting in trouble on the bus ride home from school. He got into a lot of mischief, as you might imagine, yeah. as a youngster. And um, and she remembers the, the school or the bus company calling and say, saying that Chris can't uh, will not be allowed to ride the bus for the following week, and she said she replied, who is being punished here? <laughs> now I have to drive him across town to, to school, you know? Oh, that's great. So, uh, so if, if, if you know, when you say, you know, if the WNBA All-Star Game will still be in Las Vegas, if they pull it from Las Vegas, who is being punished there, you know? Because people like going to Las Vegas. True. Um, three, Stuffed Steve. I'm glad to know that my family isn't the only one that, is, that has discussions about what we want done when we're gone. Our discussions usually turn to my husband and I wanting to donate as many organs that are usable, and if our organs aren't viable, then donate our bodies to science. Our teenage sons tend to be grossed out by those discussions, but they will get over it. The, uh, of course, the classic joke is donate my body to science fiction. For chartered, chartered flights, Rebecca, do you think there is a viable way for the W to figure out charters so many of the players go from flying charter flights at their various universities to flying coach as professional athletes? I hope all's well. And that February is bringing slightly warmer temps. All my best for a great week, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Rebecca. I don't, I don't know that there is. You have some ownership groups who have a lot of money uh, who are vocal about wanting uh, to be able to charter for their teams. One of them, New York Liberty, shockingly, a winner in free agency. One of them, Vegas Aces, shockingly, <laughs> a winner in free agency. And But you have some ownership groups who, um, who it would be almost an impossibility for them to just be able to afford that. So is there a solution? Hopefully, I don't know what it is. And, and I'd also be interested to know you know, once they know the cost, because at one point they said, you know, chartering would double. It, it, the, the cost for every team to charter for a season is the same cost as their, the salaries that they're paying their players. If they said to the players, all right, you could either make double what you're making or you could fly on a charter. I, I, I wonder what uh, what the players would choose. Uh, but hopefully there's a solution because it would be great if the players could 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 find a way to be able to do that. It's the great dilemma after winning a hot tub, uh, a, a radar, a, a, a range, and a, a and a and an ATV on the prices. Right? Do you take the prizes or do you take the cash equivalent of the prizes? Right, right. I thought about that a lot as a kid on sick days. Steve and Rebecca writes our friend Ken here in Connecticut. Last year, hey, Steve. S- last year, Steve recommended reading the book *The Warmth of Other Suns* by Isabel Wilkerson about the great migration of Black families from the South to the North and West. That was indeed an amazing story. Uh, Ken has a rec- book recommendation. I love to hear them. I'm attaching a photo of the cover of *Love and Justice* by Jonathan and Maya Moore Irons. Jonathan and Maya Moore Irons, basketball fans around the world remember Maya as our fellow UConn alum and WNBA All-Star, but this story tells more about her life and how she helped to free a wrongly convicted man who spent over 23 years unjustly in prison. This is absolutely one of the best books I've ever read, writes Ken. I was thinking how best to describe it. The only word that comes to mind is genuine. These are two amazing, genuine people. If you haven't already, please buy your own copy to read this true story of faith, hope, love, and justice. Thanks. I think that's Ken's way of saying, you're not borrowing mine. (laughs) I think he's just trying no, to and, help support. Uh, and as an author, I, I'm I'm entirely in favor of buying your own copy. Yes. And uh, and uh, it sounds great. So thank you for the book recommendation, Ken. Um, I'm racing through this because uh, I have to I have to uh, chauffeur somebody to the airport today, and it isn't you for a change. Yes. So um, Deb writes, "Hi, Rebecca and Steve. It's been a while since I've emailed." Keeping our record intact today of everybody yes, opening everyone. their email, but wanted to share a simple suggestion to resolve your your rubbery celery debacle yes let's hear it fairly recently i learned a trick to keep i put it in tuna fish i'm guessing (laughs) eat it yeah fairly recently i learned a trick to keep celery crunchy much longer than leaving it in the bag where it gets rubbery and gross simply roll a sheet of paper towel around the extra celery and wrap it up tightly in aluminum foil hope it helps 
Interesting, Rebecca. Okay, thank you. Also, I agree with Rebecca's take on the lengthy in-flight conversation that she encountered. However, I enjoy your entertaining banter and especially appreciate it when you give us some overtime. Thanks for your continued insight and laughs. Your faithful completionist, Deb. I need to look at Twitter because I think somebody also sent a, a tweet to our Ball and Chain account that Stop and Shop does sell ba- small bags of chopped celery. So if you're making some tuna, you could just buy that and throw it in. Well, finally, our, our final email comes from who else? Dr. Gary Siegel. Uh, hello, Dr. Siegel. DGS in his in his email header leads with tuna fish, tuna fish procedural TV, and a touch of Formula One. So perhaps Dr. Siegel has some uh, some tuna fish Let's slash celery uh, tips. Dear Rebecca and Queen Bee, writes Dr. Siegel. He's taking a, a, a much deserved pot shot at me for saying that uh, you know that I. I Genius is uh, is for uh, right, limps, right. and that I like to get the queen bee right, on the right. on the. Well um, done, well played, Doctor Siegel. Another week has gone by where, along with so many other viewers, I've had the pleasure of enjoying the latest installment of the podcast. It was my intention to compose this note on Saturday after I listened to the podcast, but somehow it's Monday night yet again. Along with our hosts, I welcome new listeners and writers. Uh, Coach Damien, Tom with his unique side-by-side tandem bicycle from the '80s, and to Sean in Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Thanks for your kind words, Sean. My son and I enjoyed visiting your fair city for the United States Grand Prix in 2000 through 2007, although we substituted Montreal for Indy in the summer of 2006. Alert viewers or readers, to borrow a line from newspaper humorist Dave Barry and perhaps completionists, will recall that my son and I were in the finish line grandstands in Montreal on the Ile Notre Dame when seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton won his first Formula One race, as is the custom of the podcast, allow me to I'll, uh, a bold face, persevere, and list a few pertinent items numerically. Let's hear them. And here we go with Enumeration Nation. Are you ready, Rebecca? I'm this ready. is one of seven. One, Mrs. DGS makes a very nice tuna salad using canned white albacore tuna, hard boiled eggs, chopped onions, black pepper, and Miracle Whip. No celery here, and it's pretty darn good. Hard boiled eggs, so interesting. She does use hard boiled eggs. Actually, that reminds me. My parents, when they made tuna, they would use Miracle Whip instead Miracle of mayonnaise. Yeah. Were you horrified by Miracle Whip? Somebody I know is, but I can't remember who. No. Okay. I like Miracle Whip. Uh, two, I'm thrilled, and it's a great name. Two, yes. I'm thrilled that the podcast continues to highlight episodes of good sportsmanship in youth and adult sports. To quote Stephanie Rule of MSNBC's 11th Hour, love always wins. Three, Steve, your recall of music lyrics from decades ago is fascinating. Not 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 interesting. Not uh, I'm sorry. Not not in a, in a good way. I'm guessing, but it, it's fascinating. Um, we all know songs that before the internet had lyrics that were hard to decipher. If the lyrics weren't on the album jacket, where did we find them before the internet? Were lyrics on sheet music and or in record stores? No, I think we just they were on the sub sub albums, right? Didn't they have them on the uh, thing you put the yes, album in on on the on the line on the on the sheet? Yeah, yeah the sheet but thing. but but if you didn't. If you were just doing it off the radio, you just had to go just by guessed. what you thought you hear, and oftentimes yeah. you guessed incorrectly. Correct. Four, I've taken the liberty of attaching two photos which depict racing track map decals that you can put on your car's window. The reflections show, my, I've seen those. I've seen those. They're, they're the outline of these distinctive uh, uh, aerial view of, of a track, you know? And, Pretty, and yeah, okay. it wouldn't work for basketball courts because they're all the same rectangle, but, but these F1 uh, courses are all different. Um, the reflection the reflections show my very old UNC sweatshirt bearing the secondary logo used from 1996 to 2015, and I, I, indeed it does, as well as the two geographically correct images of two legendary European racetracks, the Autodromo Nazionale Manza in northern Italy, I think we call it Manza, and the Circuit de Spa Francochamps in the Ardennes in Belgium. Please let me know which track decals you would like. For your minivan, there's room for several, and I'll send them along, or I can send a selection for you, although installation is self-service. Dr. Siegel, I have been to and wrote a uh, a 10,000-word story about the Nürburgring in Germany, so it it is by default my favorite uh, F1 track, but I was at the old Nürburgring, the one that is closed down and that you can drive on yourself. Five, you've asked about my family's attitude towards the pod. It has gone from interested to bored to somewhere between horrified and or embarrassed. I don't mention it much because, well, no one seems to care. They don't know what they're missing. <laughs> I just love it. I mean, so great. how great is that? Six, uh, and, 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 and precisely the same attitude as my family, Dr. Siegel. 
Six, I did mention wasting a couple of hours watching junk TV, Law and Order, or SVU, or maybe FBI, or NCIS. The NY Times recently had an article on January 8th, 2023, regarding procedural TV shows that were over in one episode and how they were becoming more popular even to the streaming TV crowd. Mrs. DGS and I are old and have cable and some streaming services, and we continue to enjoy the procedural shows. Dr. Siegel, I will watch uh, Columbo's until... Uh, until you were watching I Columbo pass out. this morning. Well, I had like five great. minutes left on one that I had been watching on the exercise bike, and um, I had to see how it ended, even though I knew Columbo would probably get his guy. His guy, by the way, was was an evil heart surgeon played by played amazingly well by a 1972 Leonard Nimoy. Oh, nice. Seven, lastly, just as you've mentioned your civic duty from time to time, today I received a jury summons for early March, and I'm hoping that on the night preceding the summons date that I'll be able to look online and perform my civic duty by not having to appear. <laughs> uh, I think that's that's uh, uh, nothing but the best in, in, that, uh, in that aspiration, Dr. Siegel. Right. All the best, Gary, to our still not proofing intently. Dr. Siegel, as always, uh, we appreciate your, your email and insights. And Rebecca, that's all we have for today. Thanks to everybody who had it written in a long time and then wrote. Appreciate you. And uh, Denny, thank you for everything. And Tom, Dick, Hari, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.